The beautiful sounds of flamenco guitarist Jesse Cook. song is To Your Shore. Our Spain-based reporter Karen Avila left a high-pressure job in a New York City hospital after the pandemic to move to Spain as an immigrant. Karen talks about the move, how the lifestyles compare, what she learned, what surprised her. And also, just in case you might be planning a serious sea change, Karen has probably learned what you need to know, especially if the Spanish Costa Blanca appears as a sunny, less expensive retirement plan. It's an increasingly popular move among many British and Dutch nationals, Karen says. So I have Karen Avila on the line from Spain, near the east coast, near the Costa Blanca in Spain. The long story short, she wrote to me telling me my punctuation was shocking. And I had to agree, uh, 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 it was. And so we, we formed a sort of a relationship and I threw her in the deep end then to start reporting for Travel Writers Radio. And you know, I'm a bit rude. I haven't even sort of found out about how she is or how she feels about being transplanted, something she did herself, from New York to Spain. And I'm wondering, Karen... So I apologise for all of that. And I'm wondering, <laughs> how are you getting on as an immigrant in Spain? I, I actually appreciate the question. And um, it's funny because I'm actually just starting to feel like a local. So I've been here a little over two years now, actually close to two and a half years, surprisingly. Um, so I'm feeling a little, I'm just now, I mean, Spain's a fabulous place and it's an easy place to live, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. But I, I'm actually just now feeling like... It feels like home. Yeah, I reckon another 30 <laughs> years, the, the others, the locals will call you a local. Yeah, yeah, it'll take some time for sure. Got to oh, get well, nail we'll the language see. first. Oh, at least you do have some heritage from that part of the world. So maybe that helps. Maybe the DNA bit helps. Yeah, maybe a little. I blend in here <laughs> visually. Yeah, well, you probably do. Now, um, just explain to, to the listeners who may not have caught up with the whole story. You had a very responsible job in New York City. You were involved in the medical industry and research. And um, you obviously worked in that town, a, a tough town any day of the week, but I imagine a particularly tough town during the pandemic. And after that, you, you left. Is that about right? That's exactly right. Um Everything you said is right in terms of I mean, New York is a, a fabulous city. It's one of the one of the best in the world for for different reasons. It is a tough town. It's very demanding um, on all of your senses every day of the week. Um, when the uh, when COVID hit, it it actually made New York City quite interesting. It's a very resilient city, so things changed quite a bit to combat what was happening from the illness level, but also there was this transformation on a societal level in terms of like having restaurants outside and all that. So some of the dynamics changed in that way. So it's very interesting. Um, but I did leave shortly after that. And part of that reason, the driving force was that I was able to, I was working remotely at the time. So there was some flexibility uh, within the work I had at the time to be able to pick up and, and move. And I wanted to come uh, check in on family in Spain. So that's uh, that's really what motivated the uprooting and coming here. I hadn't really planned or even thought about it before then. Well, I guess you took advantage of an opportunity. And um, I mean, you obviously told them you you weren't just around the corner. 
Yes, um, yeah. And that worked all right. Oh, well, that's good. So, I mean, do you miss the hot dogs on 42nd Street or the bagel and blocks or, um, <laughs> you know, the Russian tea rooms? What do you... Maybe food isn't the obvious thing to ask you about, given you're in Spain, but are there any things about New York from that point of view that you miss? There... There are uh, a lot of things I miss about New York, and that's not to do a comparison with Spain, because Spain is this equally marvelous world all on its own. Mm. Uh, but, but New York, I think what I miss the most, to be honest, are the people, um, the friends, not just friends, but just the, the people there, the vibrancy, the, the drive and ambition, and that the fact that it is such a transient city, you do meet people from all over the world, all over the United States. And uh, the conversations you have and, and the engagement of people, I think, are, are striking. And it's a very social city, even though I think people might have a different impression because people do tend to have their head down, walking fast in midtown, getting to where they need to go. And that's absolutely true. But when New Yorkers stop, they stop and they engage with everyone around them. So I, I really miss that sort of social aspect of the city. And, and the pace between oh, yeah. The... Spain, I would imagine it's 50% different, isn't it? It's so dramatically different. And I think, that, yes. And the thing that I notice here about Spain that I, I appreciate, um, you know, being in New York, you're used to just moving fast, 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 you know, just yeah. snapping your finger, moving. Um, when you're in line at a grocery store, everybody behind you is in a hurry. And so you kind of feel this level of, you know, self-imposed pressure, but you also feel the pressure behind your neck. Yeah. And uh, I got used to that and that was okay. And I was that person giving pressure if things were moving too slow. So I was on both sides of it. Um, the f- one of the things that really struck me about coming to Spain, and I, I visited here before, so I knew the culture was very different. It was more laid back. But you hear the word tranquilo a lot here, which is just relax. And for me, when I'm in grocery stores here in Spain, and I have my stuff going through, just as an example, the grocery store, but any line, I tend to rush if I know there's people behind me. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people behind me just saying, tranquila, you know, it's okay, take your time, relax. And you hear that everywhere here. And so I think that's really a marvelous philosophy. So very different culture, very different approach to life here, for sure. I can't imagine you would ever hear that in New York City. No, ever. The opposite. Like, you know, <laughs> You're like, yeah. cursing and horns honking, yeah. Yeah, well, you, must, you mustn't miss the horns honking. That just seems to be... It's almost out of habit over there in New York now, isn't it? It is. Oh, it's it's part of the background noise of the city. You you can't escape it. You're you're never not going to hear honking, and uh, you get used to it. Uh, I mean, there's some days it's harder than others to deal yeah. with it, but most of the time you just get used to it. And out here, it's. I mean, people stop and wait for pedestrians to cross the street. They don't wait for pedestrians in New York. <laughs> Cars go if the lights green. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, uh, incredibly different. You are a fitness-oriented um, person, so I can't imagine you miss the New York junk food. But is there some nice Spanish junk food you've gotten onto? Yes. Um, what is that? Well, I would say so. There's a lot of wonderful bakeries out here. Um, so I think you know, not I have a pretty intense sweet tooth, but. So one of the thing about the sweet foods out here is not nearly as sweet as things that you get in the United States. I can't compare it really to other countries, but I think in general, Europe does a very good job of yeah, not true. over-sugaring their foods. Yeah. Uh, so the the pastries here are very nice. You don't get like a lot of thick, heavy frostings, which I kind of miss, actually. Um, <laughs> but 
but all the other Cinema. sweets are. I can hear. Yeah. I can see it now. Okay. And they're all well the balanced. Bread, but I mean, the the uh, bread in Spain, uh, it's just something again, isn't it? It's fresh and plentiful, and you can go get a fresh baguette anywhere for you know well under a dollar. Uh, like a nice warm baguette, it's just it's fantastic. You can get some nice manchego cheese and a bottle of you know five dollar excellent table wine, and you know hmm. life do is I good. Like, do they like beer? I suppose they do. I can't think whether I they do beer in Spain. I think I was drinking red Rioja. They do have beer. They have good. quite. It is good. So you can get like the regular, you know, lagers like Mao is a common lager that you get off the tap here. You can order something. It's called a caña. A caña is basically a draft beer. And it's it's the beer. It's always a Spanish beer. You get it straight off the draft. And it's a small beer, caña. Um, But also they do have a craft beer scene in Spain. It's not as robust as it is in the United States. Definitely not Florida had an incredible and has an incredible craft beer scene. But they do have craft beers here. And there's actually a really nice bar in Madrid um, that it's all craft beers from around Spain. So, um, yeah, but most of the time it's the, you know, sort of the caña that the the locals will drink. And it's it's very good. Really nice lagers. Would they be growing their own ingredients like, is wheat grown in Spain? I don't recall seeing any in my drive around. Lots of olive trees and vegetables under plastic on a hill. Um, yes. Um, the wheat is a good... wheat, or is that coming from somewhere else? It's a good question, actually. The Barley. wheat, I don't know. Yeah. Um, they, I would think they probably... Well, I don't want to second guess it. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, to your point about everything else that grows here, just as an example, in the area um, where I'm currently staying in Spain, along the coast, it's, you know, pretty, there's a lot of country surrounding the area. You have fig trees, pomegranate trees, orange trees, and all of these fruits, berries, just growing wild. Um, something called a nifero, which is, I think it's probably related to an apricot. But these are just growing wild on the side of the road, and you could go and just pick some fruit like throughout the year. So it's pretty fabulous. I, I haven't lived anywhere where I've had that <laughs> so accessible. No yeah. one's come out with a shotgun. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Leave my tree alone. Oh well, that's great no. if you can if you can do that. that that's absolutely fantastic. So, um, what what's the most surprising thing that you've come across in Spain? Maybe maybe there's nothing because you've had family there for a while, but. Um, is there something that you, where you went, oh, my God, what, like, I did not expect that here? I think so. There's a couple things that come to mind. And uh, it's things that you don't necessarily pick up on as a tourist. There's things that you, you need to be somewhere for a while and kind of marinate in the culture to really understand it really well. I like and I think there's a couple of things that I found uh, striking. So aside from the, the tranquila, like I always knew that Spaniards were relaxed, but there is really this sort of, you know, the, it, it's to a level that, you know, I, I hadn't really experienced before, but also how engaged they are. Uh, one important, how important the meal time is, but on top of that, how important family and friends are, acquaintances. Um, and on top of that, so I want to focus on that one, but also the um, the other piece is that one of the things, one of the first things I noticed, so the importance of family, the importance of socializing, you go out to restaurants, you know, and um, you just 
people are sitting together and in large groups and very engaged with each other. You go to New York, I could pull up to, you know, a coffee shop, a bar, sit on my own and eventually chat with someone. And here it's a little different. Like it's a little bit more insular that way, not in a negative way, but people really go out and celebrate together and in their communities uh, and engage with each other. Um, and, and the other thing I find really charming and that I've noticed is the first thing that popped into my head about some of the social interaction is I've noticed that, and especially coming from New York, the stark contrast, we're here in Spain, I would see um, elderly uh, people walking down the street, and there would be a younger person arm in arm with them walking with them at the same pace. So there was this real attention to um, someone who is you know, maybe a more vulnerable population. There's also, you know, I saw a lot of groups of kids who, you know, had some special needs and they would go out in these wonderful large groups on uh, field trips. And I've seen that countless times here. Mm -hmm. So I, in the cities and in the small towns, and I remember talking to someone here about it and you know, said, you know, it's so terrible that I noticed this difference. But in my home country, I'm just not used to seeing that there really is this separation of vulnerable and not vulnerable, I feel at least coming from my country, it's, it's a little bit more noticeable, especially in the cities. But here, uh, I really noticed that engagement and that care and concern and inclusiveness of people in all variety of age groups and all variety of need levels. So that, that really struck me. Uh, and it is something here that's highly valued. And, and, you know, there's a lot of effort around to nurture that. I wonder if it's anything to do with the siesta. Because I, I noticed as a tourist that, um, you know, the siesta time was treated very, very seriously. So I'm talking about in Barcelona. Um, they, you know, they took their time off. Some places shut down over the lunch hour, mm. um, which was usually late, later in the day than I'm ready for it. And then dinner was just, I couldn't wait till nine o'clock. I was, I was uh, at the hotel in the dining room waiting to be fed at about 6.30. Uh, how does yeah. that play out for you? That is everywhere in Spain. Uh, shops the big cities are a little different the big cities there's usually going to be more that's going to be open throughout the day but if you go to some of the smaller towns and, and definitely to a certain degree in the cities things just shut down from one to four roughly yeah. around that time just shut down three hours of the day that is something that's very common throughout spain and then you know as you mentioned later in the evening everything kind of kick starts later and i understand that too because in the summertime it's which hot. is a you know there's a de it's hot there's a decent you know amount of time here uh, in the country where it's hot. And so you know, later at night, 9, 9.30, people are sitting down to dinner with their kids and families. And it's just so great to see kids running around, you know, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. Um, that's another thing I'm not, you know, used to from the States, but um, have seen that here. So for me, the siesta is great. I've actually very quickly gotten to the habit of having like a productive morning, low key middle of the day, and then afternoon, evening, you know, some more productivity, whatever it is I'm deciding to do. But, yeah, yeah, I must say, I did see the office lights were on in Barcelona and in Madrid well into the into the night. So, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, I could see. And if you were in a restaurant that late, there'd be people coming in, obviously after work. I think you could be pretty productive in two bursts rather than try to do it all in one. 
Yeah, I think it's different for different people here. Um, and certainly the industries are different. There's definitely a lot of businesses where you're just working throughout the day. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a very nice way to break up the day. And, and again, it just kind of gives you that stop and pause and relax and then keep going. And when you think about it, especially with like I, I experienced it with athletics, when you're working hard and you stop for a little bit and then you start working again, you feel better. There's a rejuvenation as opposed to running yourself into the ground for eight or 10 hours straight. There's something about that pause that, that rejuvenates. I, I think it's a, a great way of life. It's an interesting conversation, Karen. Just finally, what's the one big thing you've learned about being an immigrant, I, I don't use that term in any derogatory sense, but you've, you have basically traded one country for another. What's the biggest thing you've learned? Well, I, and I like that word immigrant because it's, I think it's important to understand that you, you know, you are in someone else's country. You have to, there's, a, there's something to be said about appreciating that on its own. I think, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say there's any one thing that stands out here, particularly about Spain, but I think in general, it's important to go into a new place knowing that it's going to be different from where you've come from. There's going to be some things that are going to be harder, some things that are going to be easier, pleasant, unpleasant, and it's that's just everywhere in the world. There's going to be some level of trade-off, and so it's it's understanding that and coming into it without automatically getting frustrated as something because it doesn't work as well or doesn't work the same way. And especially coming from New York and, you know, where there's a expectation that things are turned around quickly, you really have to step back from that. I've had to step back from that personally here in Spain and get used to the fact that, well, things don't always work quickly here and things aren't always as efficient as I am used to in certain industries and certain ways of managing things. It, the relaxed approach here is a wonderful thing on a social level, but for me, on a functional level, in terms of trying to get you know a burst pipe fix or whatever it might be, I've had to adjust my level of expectation in terms of need and turnaround times. Graham Kemlo speaking with Karen Avila, making a new life in Spain. Travel Rider Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.